All right, we're in a series called The Lord's Prayer. And if you remember, we began this series with the Lord speaking to me in my own personal life that I needed to go to a deeper level of prayer. And, and thinking to myself, uh, you know, I wish there was something in the Bible where, you know, the disciples said, teach us to pray. And obviously, I remember they said that, and Jesus said, okay, if you want to learn how to pray, this is how you pray. And we're memorizing the Lord's Prayer together in the old King James Version. So I want us to all say it together, every campus, say it loudly. Let's put it, go ahead and put it on the screen. This is Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Everyone ready? All right, let's say it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Good job, you did a great job. We, I asked you two weeks ago when we began the series, or we began actually three weeks ago, but two weeks ago to memorize the phrase, we're memorizing one phrase a week, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How many of you think you got that phrase down? Okay, it wasn't quite as good as I thought. <laughs> there will be pop quizzes, just so you know. Uh, okay, so this week we're gonna memorize the phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Say it with me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now let me tell you a little about this phrase. This phrase begins what we call the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer of petition, and that's the title of the message this week, the prayer of petition. It begins with praise. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It ends with praise. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, amen. Everything in between is actually a petition. It's a petition, it's a request. That's what the word petition means, it's a request. So let me tell you some things about this particular phrase in the Lord's Prayer, all right? Here's number one. He wants us to ask. He wants us to ask. Remember, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he filled most of the prayer with asking. So I want you to not back off from asking. I don't want you to feel like you're being selfish when you ask because this is the way God taught us to pray. He wants us to ask. At the uh, Last Supper, which is <clears throat> what he said, John 13, he washes their feet. John 17, he prays in the garden. John 14, 15, and 16 is the conversation Jesus had at that last meal. And during that last meal, let me read you, we'll get to uh, Matthew uh, 7 in a moment, but let me read you some passages from that about asking. John 14, verses 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. John 16, verses 23 through 24, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father. Remember the Lord's Prayer begins with our Father. Ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. 
And then Matthew 6, right before verse 9, where he begins the Lord's Prayer, verse 8 says, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. I do want you to notice that it doesn't say your father knows what you need, so don't ask. It says before you ask, so we do need to ask. Now, if you're in Matthew 7, look at verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, your father, that's who we're praying to, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? God wants us to ask. We have to blow away this myth, this myth that somehow when we're praying, we're being selfish. It's all through the Lord's Prayer. Give us, lead us, forgive us, deliver us. Seems to be all about us. But let me explain what the filter of it is. Notice he says, whatever you ask in my name. Ask anything in my name. Ask whatever you desire. How in the world could Jesus say that? Well, the re reason he can say that is because, we're always remember this about the Lord's Prayer. Ma uh, Matthew 6, verse 10, verse 10 is the filter for what we ask. We are asking for his kingdom to come, not ours. We're asking for his will to be done, not ours. Show you two other verses on petition. 1 John 5, 15, if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. And then in the Old Testament, there's actually, it's called the prayer of petition. Uh, and it's, it says, may the Lord, may the Lord, may the Lord, may the Lord. And Psalm 20, it's Psalm 20 verse 5, ends with, may, not ends, but this section of it, may the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Well, how in the world will the Lord fulfill all our petitions and we know we have our petitions? Okay. Um, let me uh, elaborate on this some, expound on it some, I should say. If you remember, we talked about the rich young ruler and how Jesus quoted only six of the 10 commandments. And I told you that the commandments are divided into two categories. The first four are about our relationship with God. The last six are about our relationship with man. Okay, what many people don't realize is that the Lord's Prayer is divided into two sections as well. Uh, and remember, the Ten Commandments can be summed up in two commandments. That's why I said divided into two sections or commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, Jesus said, and love your neighbors yourself. Okay, the Lord's Prayer is focused on God and then us. It starts with God, it ends with God, but the middle part is us. But verse 10 is still about God. Thy kingdom come. Listen, here's how we know we can have the petitions we ask for. Because if we focus on God... God actually changes our desires. And all of a sudden, we begin to desire what he desires. We begin to desire his kingdom. It's very, very important to understand that thy comes before us. 
hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And now we've established, Lord, that it's about you. Give us, 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 and us. It is about him, but he wants us to ask. Remember this verse. Here's a good one. You have not because you ask not. He says that over and over, the last supper with his disciples, ask, 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 ask. With the Lord's Prayer, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Here's what, in essence, he said. Praise God, praise God, and everything in the middle, ask. This is Jesus teaching us to pray. You can sum the Lord's Prayer up with two words, praise and ask. It's okay to ask. He wants us to ask. Ask for your family, ask for your job, ask for your business, ask for your health, ask for your kids. Ask God. That's the whole point of the Lord's Prayer. Ask the Father. Ask the Father. So he wants us to ask. Here's the second thing I want to tell you about this phrase. His kingdom is here. His kingdom is here. Now I know the, the, the phrase, thy kingdom come, is confusing because it seems like we're praying for a future kingdom. The problem is that in English, we only have a few tenses. In Greek, there are many more tenses than we have in English. And in Greek, a word can actually be two tenses at the same time. And this word is actually two tenses at the same time. So I'm gonna explain to you in a moment what this word come means, because it seems like we're praying for a future kingdom. Lord, I, I, just, I just pray, God, your kingdom will come. In other words, Lord, I pray you will hurry up and come with that sword because there are a lot of people, God, that have been mean to me, and I want you to bring that sword with you when you come. I want your kingdom to come, God, and straighten them all out. You know, okay, that's not what this means. Thy kingdom come, all right? Uh, let me show you a few verses. I said the kingdom is here. Let me show you a few verses. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it, it's, it's, it's here. It's here. If it's in your hand, it's here. It's here. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely, now watch this, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Not will come, but has come. And then Matthew 10, 7, he said, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, how could he tell the disciples to preach the kingdom is here if the kingdom wasn't there? And how could Jesus say the time is fulfilled, the kingdom is here, it's here. Let me tell you, it's very, very simple. I hope you catch this. The reason Jesus said that the kingdom was there at that time was because the king was there. <laughs> the reason the kingdom has already come is because the king has come. You see, the word kingdom, kingdom, comes from two words. It actually comes from Latin and it means king and dominion. The kingdom means the king's, the king's dominion. It's where the king has dominion. Remember we talked a few weeks ago about principalities, and uh, a, a principality is an area 
where a prince rules over. Okay, but here's the great news. Listen, a kingdom is the area where a king rules over. And Jesus comes and says, the kingdom is here. You know why the kingdom is here? Because the king came. The king has dominion. But here's the, here's the catch. Why would you need to pray the kingdom come then? Why would you need to pray that? Because remember, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, okay, here's what you want to pray. The kingdom's here, but is it here? Is the kingdom here? Let me show you another verse. Watch this. And this is Luke 17. I told you you could put a marker there. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Now, how could he say this? And what does this word come in, in the Greek mean? Okay, in the Greek, again, it's in two tenses at the same time. It's actually called the imperfect tense, but that, what that means is the past tense and the present tense. But what the present tense means in Greek is it, it means it's continual. It's continuing. You, you probably heard preachers teach on this, you know, ask and it will be given to you. And they say, ask and keep on asking. It's a progression. Okay, it is, it is progressive tense would be another way we would say it. Okay, here's what, here's what he's saying. The kingdom, thy kingdom come, this word come, listen, means past and continuing. Past and continuing. Here's what Jesus is saying. The kingdom of God, here's what we need to know. The kingdom of God has come, but it's continuing to come. When we got saved, we gave the king dominion in our lives. Well, here's a very, very simple question. But is he king today? When you get up tomorrow, will he be king? When you get bad news, will he be king? When you have a bad day or when your spouse goes the wrong way, will Jesus still be king? Is he king in your life? Does the king have dominion in your life? The kingdom of God is within you. This is Jesus talking. In other words, listen, this is the king's dominion. If I'm totally submitted to the king, the king has dominion right here. This is the king's dominion. The king of God's within you. Um, let me give you another way to understand this word, come, how it's progressive. Uh, Matthew 13 is probably the most famous passage on this uh, because it says the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like. But remember some of the analogies that he uses. The kingdom is like wheat. The kingdom is like a mustard seed. The kingdom is like leaven. Okay, let me, let me just, what do all those have in common? They're growing. They're, they're growing. Okay, so when we pray thy kingdom come, in essence we're saying, Lord, I know the king has come. I know I've received the king, but I know that I don't always submit to the king. And I know that the king's dominion is growing in my life. The longer we walk with the Lord, the more concerned we are about the kingdom of God. The reason we do a lot of things around here at Gateway Church is because we're trying to build the kingdom of God. The whole reason we send the worship songs out, that's the reason we're on television around the world, is to build the kingdom, his kingdom. That's, that's the reason. Um, I have to make choices continually about my schedule. You know, I just said I spoke in four pastors, three pastors' conferences of church in the last eight days. Okay. Well, I actually turned down 30 invitations this month to speak other places. 
So I have to make decisions, and then I have to then decide when I come back from that, am I going to take some time to rest so my energy level will be enough to be able to minister to you? So I'm always constantly deciding, is this good for the kingdom? Will this build the kingdom of God? So let me tell you something that happened to me just about a month ago. A few months ago, I released the book, The Blessed Church, totally to build the kingdom of God and to, to help pastors and churches understand that the reason we are where we are is because of some principles that God has led us to put into place. So they asked me, the, the publisher asked me if I would do the audio version of the book. Well, I've never read the book myself for those that want an audio version. I've never done that with any of my books. I never felt led to. And, but I prayed about it, and I felt led that I was supposed to do this. So um, I, I went to the studio. and did, Now, here's what I found out. I'm a worse speaker than I think I am. <laughs> it was horrible. It was stressful, anxiety-filled. It was, you know, I had to enunciate every word. I had to try to lose my East Texas accent because they, they were very kind. The people that helped me record, but they were, Pastor Robert, we didn't understand what you just said. <laughs> and then I found out I was saying words incorrectly, you know, a lot of words. And like one section, I talk about how my salary is set at the church and about how we do that. So past churches will know. Many churches don't have a healthy way to do that. So I was talking about this, and I, I read the line about how an independent conversation team does a study and all this and compared to other nonprofits our size and things like this, and, and this way my salary is set. And after I finished, you know, the guy beeps in. I got to where I hated the little guy beeping in, but... Um, <laughs> And he's very kind, he really is. He's a member of our church, he's awesome at what he does. I'm glad he helped me, but he, just, you know, he, he said, Pastor Robert, would you say the word salary rather than salary? <laughs> yes, I will. <clears throat> but it was supposed to be two days. I was supposed to be in two days, okay? It took me four days to do this. <laughs> and it just, it wore me out. I mean, emotionally, mentally, the mental process of, of this, every word had to be right. If I left out one word, they say, oh, you left out a word. You know, it was just, and so I'm driving home from the first day, the first day, and I'm worn out. And, and uh, God has blessed us through the books that I've written financially, tremendously blessed us. I've never, never tried to hide that from you, and, and we're grateful for that and what we're able to do for the kingdom with those additional resources. But I was driving home, and I actually had this thought. I thought, you know, I don't care what they pay me for this. It's not worth it. And I'm never going to do it again. I'm never going to do this again. It's, I'm, I'm, it's not worth it. And just like that, the Lord said to me, is it worth it if it builds the kingdom? And just like that, I said, yes, Lord, that's worth it. And I'll do it again. If it builds your kingdom, if that's what you're calling me to do, I'll do it. And I'm not saying I do that all the time, but I am saying that there, you know, all of us, when, as we grow and mature in Christ, we say, it's worth it for your kingdom. It's worth it for your kingdom. So, his kingdom is here. And here's the third thing. His will is best. His will is best. Uh, Acts 13, verse 36. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his father, saw corruption. Here's the point. He served God for his generation. He served the will of God. That's what all of us want to do. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay, we know we're supposed to do the will of God. We know we're supposed, we're supposed to do the will of God. Okay, but how do you do it? 
How do you do it? Well, let me show you a key, all right? Uh, John 7, verse 17 says, if anyone wills to do his will. Now watch this carefully, watch it. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Okay. If I will to do his will, there are a couple of benefits. One benefit is I'm going to understand the doctrine. I'm going to understand the Bible, and I'm going to understand things Jesus said. This is, this is wonderful. But the key is I have to will to do his will. That's why we pray, thy will be done. Because as we pray, thy will be done, what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I understand that my knowledge here does not even compare to your knowledge of this situation. And I'm submitting my will to your will. And don't forget who our great example is of this. <laughs> Remember in the garden, uh, Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. See, here's the reason we have to pray this. is because God created us in his image and God has a will. We just talked about the will of God. So we know God has a will. So God created us in his image. So guess what? God gave you a will. You will have a choice tomorrow whether you're going to love God or serve God. You, you, believe it or not, you have a choice. You, you have a choice whether you're going to read the Bible and pray on a consistent basis. You have a choice if you're going to tithe and give to build the kingdom. You have a choice as to if you're going to control your thoughts or not. Yes, a thought that's improper may pop in your head, but you have a choice whether you're going to dwell on it or push it out and begin to pray. I will never, ever forget driving down the road one time, seeing a billboard that, you know, there, there are billboards that are pornographic now, you know, seeing a billboard and a thought coming in my mind, and I thought, Lord, I don't understand how to get those thoughts out of my mind once they come in my mind. And the Lord said, you can do two things. One is you can quote the word. If you memorize the word, just start quoting the word. That'll push that thought out. He said, the second thing is you can pray. And just like this, here's what the Lord said. And here's what you can pray for. You can pray for the purity of your children. Well, that was a great reminder from that point on that when a thought came in my mind, I thought, I don't need to allow that thought to stay. I can pray for my children and pray for their purity, God. So we, have a, we can submit our wills to the Lordship of Christ. That's what I'm telling you. That's what this is. This is the filter. Before we get to give us, give us, give us, give us, we pray thy, thy, thy. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then we use this little phrase, in earth as it is in heaven. Can I just read you how it is in heaven, just one, just one little thing, Revelation 21, 4, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, and the former things have passed away. Okay, in heaven, there's no more death. So we say, we know there's a future kingdom coming, but the kingdom's here. Well, let me tell you how the kingdom is here. Even now, even though there's still death now, there will be no more death then, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. But even now, listen to me, the sting of death is gone for believers. The victory of death is gone. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. 
Yesterday, I, I, went to, um, uh, I went to pick up something for Debbie and me for lunch yesterday. And I thought about this uh, place that had uh, good turkey. And it was a long way from our home. But I thought, you know, that's where I want to go. I want to get some good turkey and I'll, you know, go pick that up. They have good turkey there. And so I went to this restaurant and I went early. I went about 11.15 in the morning. Uh, so, I mean, there was, wasn't like a rush hour. I walked in and the man beside me all in the line all of a sudden said, Pastor Robert. And he said, I've never met you. We go to NRH. We started talking. In a moment, his wife walked up and uh, he introduced me to her. And, and she said, um, can, can I give you a hug? I said, well, absolutely. But when I hugged her, she, she started crying. She started weeping. And I realized, you know, um, there's, there's something that this couple's just gone through. And so uh, I said, are you okay? And she said, a week ago, um, our son passed away. And she told me about how the church had helped her and ministered to her through that time. But she said, but let me tell you something. She said, last January, I led my son to Christ. And she said, I know where he is now, and there's no more suffering. He's not suffering anymore. That's no victory in death. That means she knew, I know because the kingdom has come, I know that even though we still go through difficulties on this earth, I know that the king still has dominion. Listen, are you going to let the king have dominion in your life? That's the Lord's prayer. And are you going to believe that God's will is best? Let me tell you one more thing that happened to help me understand God's will is always best. It's always best. Matter of fact, let me say another way, and let me see how many of you remember this. This will, this will tell your age a little bit. Uh, father knows best. <laughs> how many of you did not see a rerun of it, but how many of you actually saw the show, Father Okay, look, very old congregation we have here. Okay, so <laughs> I was putting my hand up also. All right, so God knows best. Years, years ago, Debbie and I were um, buying another home, and we were, uh, we'd looked all over, you know, and we found this home. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, Lord, thank you for this. This is a great home. It's perfect, and it had four bedrooms, you know, so each of our kids would have a bedroom, so they'll be happy, and the master bedroom was away from the others, so Debbie and I will be happy. <clears throat> and then we were just so excited about this, and we were praying, but I have to admit, we, we were praying, and not, not quite thy will be done, we were praying, let this be thy will. <laughs> and uh, and I, I went out of town to speak for just a day or two, you know, and th this storm came, and it was a flood. And the, a guy from the mortgage company called our home and talked to Debbie and said, there's one more paper that you need to come sign. And she said, well, Robert's out of town. And, and he said, well, you, you need to come sign it. And I can even bring it over to you and have you sign it. And she said, I'm not going to sign anything without, you know, Robert being here. And he was pressing her. It was odd, you know. And she, uh, she had the television on and she's sitting there talking on the phone. And all of a sudden she looks, listen, and the house we had the contract on came on the television flooded. <laughs> she, she, she said, uh, the house we have the contract on is on the television right now. And it's flooded. Is that why you need me to come sign another paper? You know, and the guy said, uh, just have Robert call me when he gets back, you know. 
I came back and we actually drove by uh, the how the flood went four feet on the up. Four feet. Okay, four is pretty good. All right, the yard. Think about a yardstick and then four feet. I'm thinking, as a man thinks probably sometimes, I'm thinking about. Lord, thank you, you know, thank you, God. It would have been a financial disaster and da-da-da. Think about this, though. The Lord said to me, son, you're not, even, you're not even comprehended how I protected you. Because we had three small children. The water rose to four feet. This is what the news said in 20 minutes. How would my wife, without me there, have gotten three small children out of that house? in a flood. The Lord said, son, I didn't just protect your finances. I protected your family. Listen, God's will is always best. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And what you just do as we do every week, just take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Just, just ask him. I mean, you, you may have some decisions right now with your family, with your business, with your finances, with your, in a health situation. What do we want? We want the king to have dominion. The king knows. He knows what's best. You know, we started this series talking about our father, but do you realize we brought another person into the prayer now? Because when we talk about the kingdom, we brought the king in. And we ask the Father in the King's name. So what are you going through right now? And you need to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Take a moment and just let the Lord speak to you. And we want to pray for you. No matter which campus you're attending, whether you're in an overflow room or not, in every sanctuary, we're going to have leaders at the front in just a moment, even, and in the overflow room. So in a moment, we're gonna have leaders at the front. If you need prayer for any area of your life, we're gonna have one more worship song. We ask that no one leave during this time unless you have an emergency. But if you need prayer for any area of your life, you, maybe you've been coming to Gateway for many, many years, maybe you're new here, maybe you're a leader here, maybe this is your first time and you're a guest. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Don't ever be embarrassed to ask for prayer because we all need prayer. All of us do. So if you need prayer for any area, as soon as we stand up at every campus, as soon as we stand up in just a moment, you just simply stand up, step out right then. Don't wait to see if someone else will come. Don't, don't, you lead the way. If you need prayer, don't let your pride stop you. If you need prayer for any area, then as soon as we stand up, you stand up and come, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person at every campus and in every room, Lord, that needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.